Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Ben Rogers. So the passage we're jumping in at uh, verse 8 says, uh, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. And as I say, we're going to be looking at that idea of favour. As Jamie said last week, this chapter, which is really familiar to us and we're used to hearing it at Christmas, but I think it's actually great to jump into it at another time of the year because it forces us to kind of absorb a lot of the details that we don't notice a lot of the rest of the time because we're just in the motions of a carol service or something. Um, But as any literature student will tell you, building the story is the most important part because it's where the characters are introduced, it's where some of the themes are introduced and where we start to realise how the next four hours or 400 pages are going to play out. Um, So today I want to highlight three characters we're introduced to in these early chapters and how they draw out this theme of favour that's so central to the whole salvation story. So the first is Mary. Um, She was in a previous section, but I'm going to borrow her from someone else's talk and suffer the consequences from the HTC editorial team. Um, Because when the angel talks to Mary and addresses her in Luke 1, what did he call her? We heard this last week you who are highly favoured. And he then goes on to say, don't be afraid, you found favour with God. So in doing so, Mary joins a really long list of Bible characters that are described in this way. Noah, Joseph, Moses, Daniel, Esther, all of them say they found favour in the Lord's eyes. The second character that we've just read about um, in this passage is the shepherds. Um, Luke 2 finishes... Uh, or sorry, this passage finishes with the angel saying to the shepherds, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. So it's this idea of favour coming in again. And then finally, when we meet our protagonist at the very end of Luke 2, guess what we read? It says, Jesus grew in stature and wisdom and gained favour in the Lord. We just have the next one up, Sophie. So he grew in wisdom, stature and favour with God. Um... So we see this coming sort of throughout these early chapters, but what does it mean? What does the word favour mean? Well, in Hebrew, it basically means to stoop or to bend. And it's this idea of God reaching down to the very bottom and bestowing a free gift. And obviously there's no clearer example of that than Jesus, who, as we heard last week, arrives as a baby instead of a warrior and in a barn instead of a palace. But look at the others on whom his favour rests. And they continue this theme of being pretty unlikely heroes. So Mary was a teenage girl in a time when age was everything and the men had sole responsibility for 
decisions, finances, teaching. And the shepherds were the social outcasts of the time, um, in a period where cleanliness and education were the badges of honour. These guys spent all their time out in the fields and wouldn't have been educated. So they were the, the outcasts of the time. But the salvation story deliberately introduces these people right at the start because it's setting the scene for this theme that runs the whole way through the gospel. Um, interestingly enough, where Luke focuses on Mary and the shepherds, Matthew focuses on Joseph and the major. But in both cases, those two groups get the news secondhand. So Joseph is told after the appearance to Mary and the Magi are told after Jesus is born, not beforehand like the shepherds are. So it's, again, the idea of flipping the scripts upside down and actually it's, it's these unlikely people that God chooses to come to first, to speak to. But the story doesn't end there. If we flick forward to chapter four, we see this word favour appearing again. And by the way, when I was researching this and seeing these connections coming through, it is just so exciting. And I was like, I cannot believe these threads run through. I just think the Bible is the most brilliantly crafted piece of literature ever, which I guess is what you'd expect when the author created words themselves. <laughs> kind of makes sense. So anyway, the word appears again in Luke 4, if we could have that one up, Sophie. Um, and this time it signals a big shift in God's master plan, because no longer is it a favoured man, it's a favoured mission. Jesus has just come out of being tested in the wilderness and he's full of the spirit and he stands up in the synagogue and he reads this passage from Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then he gets down and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So it's the coming together of all these unlikely heroes in one passage. You look through that and you see the poor, the prisoners, the blind, the oppressed. It goes on to say those who mourn, those who grieve, those who despair. And it signals the start of Jesus' favoured mission, which is to seek and save the lost. The, fate, the trail goes cold there, and we don't see this word appear again in Luke. But perhaps it's because the stage has been set and Jesus is now picking up the mantle of God's favoured mission to seek and save the lost. It's a mission that extends even to us on whom he has bestowed his free gift of grace. So today, we don't find our favour in good works or even in helping the poor. We find favour in Jesus who stooped down into our stories through no good of our own. And as the passage in Isaiah says, gave us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And we also find favour in his mission to open blind eyes and help unlikely people. We've been talking about Wilberforce at church, church recently. God's favour didn't rest on Wilberforce because he was a particularly good man or a good speaker. It rested on his mission because it aligned with Jesus's, which is to set the captives free. And today we're all a part of that mission through the grace that we've been given and the work that we've been charged with. We receive his favour through his favoured son, and then we discharge his favoured mission to reach the poor, the imprisoned, the blind, the oppressed. Favoured people reaching his favoured people. This morning we prayed from Psalm 116, verses 7 to 9, and thanked the Lord for his rest that he offers our souls. 
and the fact that we can walk before him in the land of the living because he has delivered us from death. We also prayed off the back of what Ben spoke about, that our mission in life would align with the Lord's mission for our life and that we would seek to have favor with him and bring the gospel to those who's, who his favor rests upon. <laughs>